Hello and welcome to Redoom Podcasts. My name is Brandon. I'm your host of this wonderful, cheerful, joyful show. Here with me is Tyler Shasma, my wonderful co-host. Hi, Brandon. How are you? We're, we're not in the bunker together. Uh, we were last week. That was fun. That was exciting. But we won't be able to do that every week. Uh, considering we're all <laughs> we're all getting locked down again, so, you know, maybe it's not best we all hang out. But, you know, it was fun. It was good to see your face. I got to touch yeah. your face. I, I rubbed your mustache. I cried a little. Yeah, I, you probably shouldn't have touched me like that. <laughs> I, I had latex gloves on. Yeah, we're all the protocol. Uh, we're following proto here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're following we're following protocols. Yeah, there's no problem. No problem at all. Tyler, you enjoying a nice glass of water? Uh, yeah, I am right here. Nice tall glass of water. Yeah, did you pour that from the tap? Uh, yep, from the well. I'm on well you're water. On well, water. well that, you're you're in luck because you're 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 gonna be in a good place once they. Because uh, did you hear that water is officially on the stock market? There are. It's up there with oil and gold. They're up there trading water. Um, which isn't a good sign, because that's water is the source of all life on Earth, and uh, once it starts makes its way into the stock market. People are trading money for it. Who's going to get water and who isn't? That's uh, that's bad news. Yeah. People are trading water? People are trading water. Uh, yeah. Um, tell me tell me more about this article. I, I read the headline and I, I didn't get into it because it scared me. <laughs> I know. You're a big, big advocate of water. You, you Your tattoo says everything. You got to stay hydrated tattoo. Just to remind me to stay hydrated. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's important to stay hydrated. But yeah, water joins old gold and oil for the first time as traded commodity on Wall Street amid fears of scarcity. So I don't. This isn't news that like there are water shortages happening, but as far as like people knowing about it and it being in the news, you don't see much about it. No. But I, I think that's going to start changing now. Now that uh, it's going to be up there, people are going to be trading on it. It's not going to be good, especially for like even the United States itself. It seems like a powerful country, but they're 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 running pretty low as far as water goes. Yeah. Canada, we're pretty good. We're known for water. I think uh, when people think of Canada, they think maple syrup and beavers and water. Uh, you know, which is great for us, but uh, I think people are going to eventually want that water down the line. So. We might be waging water wars in the future. Just like Kevin Costner. Kevin, that's Water World. That's uh, that's an. I think that's a different kind of water warfare. But uh, yeah, this will be just the same way uh, America was attacking the Middle East for its uh, its oil. They're gonna be coming after us. Interesting. But what about like what about like freshwater lakes and stuff? What like uh, the Great Lakes? Yeah. Uh, what about them? I don't know. Like, isn't that a good source of fresh water? It sure is. And in fact, they're they're mighty full right now. The last few years, the lakes have been absolutely jam packed, full of water. The way we see like oil pipelines in the future, we're probably going to be seeing water pipelines just feeding water down to the states, which they're already doing. They're already snatching right. up our water. Right. It's going to be start becoming a much bigger deal, especially with a drought happening because of climate change. In a lot of the farm countries, as well as the aquifers that are just kind of slowly drying up, because uh, it takes like millions of years to refill an aquifer. There's a huge section where about eight different states all pull from the same aquifer that is just getting lower and lower and lower. So I'm not looking forward to water wars, water world wars. That's uh, that's a different story. It's real scary. What are you? Real scary. What are you? What are you clicking over there? I'm trying. I'm still trying to figure out Zoom on my computer in case our our guest shows up. Okay. So I'm, I'm sorry if I seem distracted. Do I seem distracted? I just hear okay. Sounds good, and then clicking. All right. I'm giving you my undivided attention now about the water wars. Uh, the water war. This is well, water wars. We should. We definitely already tried to do this episode with our good friend Ben Lardy. But that's another guest failure we had. He uh, his audio was lost, 
So, you know, like I thought of maybe like just trying to recreate his voice and with the answers I think he might have said, but But what I don't what I don't fucking understand about this, Brandon, is how how are we gonna lose how are we gonna lose all the water? There's water everywhere. There is water everywhere. And like in fact on planet Earth, like there's pretty much always around the same amount of water like on planet Earth at the same time. Like we don't lose any we don't really gain any. So that water is going somewhere, though. So it's either falling from the sky, it's running through our rivers and lakes, it's in our ocean, or it's evaporated, it's in the, in the sky, it's in the clouds. It's got to go somewhere. So, yeah. now, you know, with climate change, that's going to shift a lot of these, you know, a lot of weather systems. It's, it's At the same time, it's going to be melting a lot of sources of water. Like, especially in the states and parts of Canada, there's... and and parts of like uh, India and that part of the world where it's just getting hotter and hotter every year. Like there, a lot of their sources of water is coming from like mountain rivers and like glacier water. As those like just keep melting more and more, you're like you're getting less water every year. In a lot of these cases, like these major like river systems that are fed from glacier water, they're, they're more and more relying on this. And it's these major river systems that cities and towns, you know, over thousands of years have popped up because that's that's common in civilization. You got to pop up next to a, a water source, you know, for shipping and, and just having a water source near you for fishing. But like in our modern world, though, like we, people are damming these rivers. People are taking more and more. They're filtering out more. They're rerouting it. So by the end of like whoever's at the end of this river system is basically not getting anything. So. So I think in the States, it's like the Colorado River. That's a perfect example. That runs out of the Rockies. It's mostly fed by uh, melt, melt water and glacier water. And that's an example of one that's just been getting lower and lower every year. But that passes through some major parts of the States that just take from it. It passes through like Arizona, Nevada, into California, and all the way into Mexico. But, but by the time it reaches Mexico... Where it used to be this just big healthy river is now just this trickle. And even if they get anything at all, it's like, it's just like nothing. And like, that's just one example of what's going to continue to happen in different places all over the world. So that's how water, one way water starts becoming scarce. Interesting. Another way is, yeah, shifting weather systems. So having areas with the severe drought because like changes to the jet stream and currents in the ocean will just completely shift our weather and where places might have gotten regular rainfall will like could easily become a desert you know that rainfall is getting placed somewhere else yeah. or we're getting too much water you know huge amounts of floods will, will just take out places which is a disaster in itself but will also contaminate water systems so there's lots of scary different ways water can just just you know, we take it for granted because it comes right out of the, the water. Pipes. The water needs to be clean yeah. for us to drink. We need it to live, but it can also kill us really quick if there's a lot of it, like a flood. Yeah. Or one of those stupid water drinking challenges. You ever heard of those? No. Well, people, well, people are like, there's a famous story of some radio station that made these people like chug water as much as they could for a competition, not knowing that it's fatal to drink a certain amount of water too quickly. They can drown. I don't know if it's drowning. It's some kind of like, you know, it, it at some point like turns toxic and you're like your body fights it and you're, you just, your system just shuts down like your weight. Right. You got too much water. So yeah, you're, you're, you got water coming out the ears at that point. That's insane. But the fact that we can do that right now, we can just drink as much as we want. We can just have 30 minute long showers. It's, it's just, wow, it's amazing. Well, we can. Not everybody no, can. Not, not everybody can. should. You shouldn't be fucking doing that. Yeah, but, yeah. like, if they're going to start, like, treating our water like oil, and they're already fucking doing that, like, these corporations like Nestle and stuff with their bottled water, and they're bottling up their water and selling it to everybody. Well, not and only that, that they're, they're basically stealing water from Canada, not yeah. paying anything on it. 
And they, I think it was the CEO of the company said, uh, it's not a human right to, to, to have water, some crazy shit like that. It's like, bottled okay. water is the biggest fucking joke ever. Like making people pay $3.50 for a fucking necessity to live just because it's in a plastic fucking bottle. And then that plastic bottle ends up in the fucking ocean too. And then a fucking porpoise is choking on a plastic bottle. You know, I've said this before. I think people just need to carry around an assortment of of uh, reusable cups, mugs, plates, forks. You, you can just wear it around your belt, like utility belt. You just you're just always ready. You got every cup for everything you need. Go out in the world. Yeah. You know, you got your pint glass. You go to the bar. You know, you're you're not you're not messing up the world with all these water bottles. I got I got a in my you know water bottles aren't so bad. Uh, use in emergency situations. You know, you're storing water. Yeah. For emergencies like the end of the world, you know, that's good. But people, like, I know people that just, you know, just pound water, bottles of water all day. Oh, yeah. Without even thinking. It's just like, okay. You like the taste of tap water? Get a Brita. Or, yeah, you can filter your own water. I'm lucky I'm on, like, this house that I'm living in now. My dad's is on its own personal well, which is cool get your own well water people that are in the cities and getting sewer well water like or sewer line water not <laughs> sewer the best, line water not I, the best i certainly hope no. we're not getting sewer line water well that's where it gets tricky when there's fucking all these water lines running around these cities and sewage lines running around the cities well the fact that know, all man. of us aren't uh poisoned uh by sewage i think they've figured it out you know, well, that's the thing. It's like the water needs to be clean. Oh yeah, and that's you know they pump it full of fluoride and just traces of chlorine and stuff just to just to get oh those extra little bugs and stuff out of there so people aren't getting sick. But maybe we need those extra little bugs in the water just to just to increase our immune system, be able to fight off little bugs like that. Yeah, totally. You know, it's it's definitely not all good. Like. I've gone camping before where I've had to boil the water because it's contam- contaminated. You can get beaver yeah. fever, which isn't what you think. It's just a lot of diarrhea. It sucks. I think I've had beaver fever a few times. Yeah, I've had beaver fever while I've had beaver fever, my friend. Oh, wow. But yeah, no, like I've, I've been in situations where you should boil the water and you, and you do so you know that it's clean and you're not going to get sick and get diarrhea from the water. Yeah. And, um, and uh, but, I don't know how, uh, I don't think I did it. I did it right, but all of my water had a subtle taste of smoke to it, which was kind of nice. Nice. Like, sell that in bottled water. It's like smoked hickory water. <laughs> nice, tastes, nice hickory flavor of water. Tastes like you're camping in the backwoods. You like some water, you get yourself some hickory flavored water. Hickory flavored water. Tastes like smoke. Tastes like your Uncle Jerry who smokes two packs a day. Just took an accidental sip of your water. <laughs> now, used- if they were selling hickory flavored water, then I might be down to buy a bottle of water. You know, it's like buying a Gatorade. Hickory flavored Gatorade. <laughs> Tyler, they sell flavored water that's like actually good. No, they Citrus don't. flavors and watermelon and mango. Yeah, you don't have to settle for smoke unless that's your your choice. That is my choice. You just want them, wa- your water to taste like hickory sticks. Yeah, I do. <laughs> that's fair enough. Well, you can go out in your backyard and you smoke your own water and sell it. You can go to the markets when they open again. Just sell them in big jugs. Just Tyler's authentic smoked water. <laughs> Tyler's authentic hickory flavored water. And I get the apple chip water. Yeah, you'll see some organic hipsters walk in and be like, smoked water. Like, how long did you <laughs> smoke it for? <laughs> you want a glass of water that tastes like you just burnt a cherry tree? Tyler's authentic hickory flavored water. <laughs> Tyler's smoked water. Yeah, no no water wars for me. I'm going to be selling smoked hickory flavored water. Hey, you know, if if these big corporations start collapsing and we're all going to be working and trading for ourselves, that's, that's, you're going to have to be good at one thing. I think that's the key. You're going to be the smoked water guy. It's it's a very specific grouping, but you know, that's like uh, when there's, you know, there's, there's preppers out there. That like uh, just collect all kinds of shit. They got rice, they got water, everything they need to survive. Because they, but those are like the selfish 
preppers. Those are the ones that just want to lock themselves in their bunker. But the true preppers that like will just stock up only on chocolate. I heard about this story of this woman. She's a prepper, but she lives in this very nice community of people that are all in the same mindset. So all she does is hoard and collect chocolate. Which is genius, because end of the world comes, she's got this wonderful community of people trading things. She's know. the chocolate lady. She's the chocolate lady. Like, you got all your basics you, you need to get by. You got water, you got rice, you got your meal. And you got to have you know, a little taste of chocolate in there. It's genius. Yes, and you're going to wash that chocolate down with some hickory smoked water. <laughs> We're going to make a commercial for this, for sure. <laughs> oh, man. That's cool. What else is going on in the world, in the news world, the doom world? What else is going on in the doom world? Well, there's no shortage of, like, things going on. For instance, like, every time I look at anything climate change, it's uh, it seems that we've met, you know, something we're expecting 20 years from now is happening today. And it's, it's like more and more scientists are coming out and saying, you know, the collapse of like our uh, ecosystem is happening before our eyes. We need to do something. But I'm like, yeah, but so is our society. <laughs> no one's ever talking about that. Like we, all these people. There's people talking about the collapse of society every day. But they rarely ever bring it up in the same context of, as uh, climate change. But like, finally, I'm starting like this article is world teeters on brink. Over 250 scientists and scholars warn of full-fledged societal collapse due to climate change. See, that's never said enough. They always talk about what's going to happen, the disaster and stuff, but they're never, they never talk about the social aspects of what's going to happen when, all, <laughs> when the weather gets mad and the earth gets mad and starts disrupting our ways of life. Right. Uh, so I'm glad that's happening because more people need to get on this collapse movement. I know it's not a fun conversation. And it's not something to bring up in front of the fam at a nice family dinner, but maybe it should be because maybe <laughs> then if you get everyone to join in on the conversation, like I don't know, maybe you got to make it fun. I don't know how you would make this topic fun. Just like make scenarios for your family. It's like, hey guys, all the power goes out and it's never coming back. What are we gonna do, guys? Go, grandma. <laughs> Start with grandma. It's like we got to work together as a team. <laughs> I don't know what we need to do. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard. It's a hard thing to bring up because everybody there, everyone's afraid of fear, right? No one wants to live in that constant anxiety and fear of a social collapse happening right before our eyes every fucking day of the week. <laughs> so people just go about their lives not talking about it. So because yeah, it's a very bizarre feeling, the process. Because there's nothing else like having existential fear like that. And like it's all gonna come down one day and. I don't know what it's going to look like. Like, lately I've been obsessed with trying to, like, research, like, what social collapse is going to look like on the ground level. Like, how is it going to affect, like, individuals? Like, it always just talks about, like, it in such a bigger context. But, like, like I want to hear what, like, what, what the, me and my neighborhood, what's going to happen to us? <laughs> like, how, how bad, like, are people are going to, it's going to be tribes in cities of people, like, fighting each other for food because the food chains are all cut off. Like, we're already getting food chain disruptions. Uh, like, especially in Brexit right now. They're still figuring out this crazy Brexit deal. And they were basically telling people, like, I was like what stay is that? calm. What, what was Brexit? <laughs> what was Brexit? Ex explain it to me again. I know you have explained it to me before. I know it was in the UK. And it has something to do with their money. I feel like I'm talking to an alien visiting Earth for the first time sometimes. <laughs> no, I'm just not paying attention all the time. Okay. I'm just like get caught up in my own shit. Dude, and if it's yeah, not, there's so much to pay, keep up on. So much so that's that, why that's why we do this show so you can keep me up to date with this shit. I'm your weekly news anchor, and I'm only telling you the worst shit. <laughs> yeah, you can keep me afraid. I, like, because that was like what 2014. 2013 and it was like a what was it like an economic failure in the in the uk no they, they just wanted to break away from the 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 european union and kind of be their own entity and have their own trading system do their own thing they didn't want to have to rely on the european union they thought this would maybe prosper was it bitcoin is it like is it like a bitcoin no it's not like a, it's not a bitcoin it's just like you know okay. the euro won't be a thing there they're just 
yeah, they're just going to be separated from the European Union. So European okay. Union's got like France and Italy, and there's all the yeah, they're all connected through trade. And they're still and they're still yammering on about it. Yeah, yeah, because they're they're still trying to figure out how it's going to work. And for years, people just you know they that they thought a a very small version of social societal collapse was going to happen there. And it still might, but they're saying right now, like it's like stay calm, everyone. But you might want to like uh, stock up on <laughs> on food and goods and stuff like that because uh, there's some little, it's just some trouble with the food shortage. Like, well, they're saying that to everyone with fucking COVID and shit. You know, stock up on your cans of mushy peas and your cans of yeah, your cans of spam. Yeah, but we still have trucks coming here every day. Yeah, crazy no, our, our our supply chain's still pretty good throughout everything. So you're saying that they're getting disruptions in their supply chain and shit? Yeah. So I think it, it's them. It's like the containers coming over on the, on big ships are getting stalled, and you know, getting stalled a few days like doesn't seem like a big deal in retrospect. But that's like the amount of goods and food they carry that's going to like feed like an entire country, like England, like could be coming on one container ship. It could just be a few days of, like, food gone, but, like, like, that's a mass population. Like, that's the scariest thing, is all these city centers, they have such a... They only have a few days of food at, at any time, like a week's worth at the most, before it all runs out. So it's constantly getting shipped there over and over again. So if the shipments stop, let's say, like, here in London, Ontario, all the food shipments stop coming. Like, we'd have a week before everything's empty, the... the like the shelves are empty like which is wild to think about yeah uh, people aren't ready for that like you saw the massive hysteria at the beginning of covid in the grocery store and stuff but like if the that supply chain actually friggin stops and those trucks aren't coming in and people aren't getting their fucking doritos and fruit snacks yeah and it could be disrupted at so many different levels all the way from the very farms that make like the produce and the factories that make these products could be shut down because of the specific country they're in. Some kind of social unrest could happen. Yeah, it's like where does the head get cut off, right? If it get if it gets cut off at the fucking, you know, at the farm. Massive hur- hurricanes created by climate change are taking out like ships out in the ocean. Like you never know where it's where the chain's gonna break, but there's so many places it can break. That's why you gotta have your own garden right there yeah you gotta have a fruit cellar full of canned beets collecting food vegetables. and canned food and food that's gonna last for years is probably the smartest bet unless you already have a, an entire farm set up get into root vegetables yeah because uh start, you start know canning carrots just being like a like a little backyard garden is uh, is not gonna help anyone survive unless like a whole neighborhood works as a team to create some kind of badass garden. They all happen to be good at gardening. In that case, like, hey, awesome, working together. But, like, most people aren't going to get by, even if they tried really hard. Like, there's so much knowledge behind, like, actual gardening and horticulture. Right. And, like, that's why it's, like, like for instance, like, my girlfriend's parents, they're amazing at gardening. But, like, they're just... They've been doing it their whole lives, and it's just been passed down. They just know what to do. Yeah, There's you have to learn you can what read. to plant next to, a, like, what grows good together and that whole horticulture shit, which I know very little about. It's something I need to learn more. I got about. a book. I haven't read it yet, but I will read it. But, I got a book about just what I can eat out in the forest if I'm lost there. Yeah, but it's a joke that most people think they can just suddenly go primal again once it all goes to shit, and they can just you know just grow their own food and have their own chickens and they'll be just fine and as if every if you think everyone can just do that it, it's like literally impossible unless you're already set up like like i was thinking about these scenarios like where where do you want to be when the shit hits the fan like where do i where do i want to be well like where the best places are and like clearly being in a city is the worst place to be in most situations of whether it's a big catastrophe that shuts everything down immediately or a gradual one, cities are a pretty shit place to be. Right. Just a big concrete chicken coop. Yeah. Uh, being out in a rural place can be helpful, but really if you you need to be rich and living out in the rural country and have an understanding of the land. 
and uh, yeah, tapped into the local supply chain. Yeah, having a community around you, you know, that you can trust already. So it's it's, a, it's kind of a small demographic of people that would be good in these situations of survival. Like a lot of these preppers, whether they're alone or just with their family, are like, you know, they they only have them in mind. So they're not going to be thinking about like trading stuff with the neighbors and working together. They just want to sit in their bunker until it all goes away. So they're going to survive, right. but like not very long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because the key to survival is is getting together with a tribe of people, and not right. too big. Just have that nice. Perfect number. I don't know what it's going to be in like an end of the world scenario, like how big your tribe should be 10, 15, 20. Yeah, I think that's a good number. And then everybody has their specific jobs and, and they do what they need to keep the community together. Yeah. But Which here's is the thing. how it used to be. That's how tribes used to, like, totally. Native, native tribes and indigenous tribes that were here long before us, that's how they worked. But it's interesting to see if this happens because, yeah, we always hey, joke that all these people in the modern world and big cities and stuff, they're never going to be able to survive the actual world if it actually comes down to it. They're never going to be able to survive off the land. But it's interesting that I wonder if our brains would actually tap into some kind of primal way. If the world did shift in such a massive way, would like our DNA from our ancestors just slowly take over? Like, cause it's I think so. just I think our you need. You have to, some primal instinct in you, you know. Yeah, cause like uh, an organism's need to survive uh, is like unmatched. Like it, they can just literally alter their their DNA just just to continue surviving. So you mean you mean just like snap into like that hunter gatherer mindset? Like I don't know. You see people who are like really in tune with their surroundings and that are just like their attention to details like super sharp and stuff. Like, those people seem to be tuned into their hunter-gatherer um, mindset more often. Like, you know, they know just, like, where the streams are, where there's, like... So I can walk through the woods, not see a animal at all, but yeah. I pro- there's probably a ton of deer and stuff that see me that take off that I just don't realize. Or like you, I can't go in the forest without you, without you finding a snake. You oh, just yeah. know where the fuck they are. The snakes find go, oh, me. Oh, snake is right there. What kind of like primal hunter, snake gatherer DNA is left inside of you? Yeah, and that's like, well, that's like, I was doing that since I was a kid. So I feel like that is just a skill that just embedded into me. Like I can still do that. Like as mo- as most recent as this falls, walking down a path, and there's a brown snake, just s- straight across the path, just looks like a stick unless you get right up close to it. But I saw it right away. <laughs> no, I I've it's been weird. with you walk. I've been with you walking through a forest, and I'll be like maybe ten feet ahead of you, and then I'll walk right past this fucking big snake, and you'll be like, "There's a snake right here," and then you're <laughs> off catching snakes. Like, how did he even see that? That's good. It's it's if I can use that skill to other things. Like when I was trying to hunt mushrooms all spring, when I really got into mushroom hunting, I was hoping that same skill would like work with finding mushrooms. Like once you once you see one, you'll always see one. But you know, I had a, had trouble. I did find some morels. I got lucky. Yeah, I found a couple puffballs, but like they were right off the path. Like I saw them. Yeah, those are yeah, those are easy but to I, spot. I feel like. Maybe if you're in the forest for a little while, those instincts start coming back, and you and you and like you said, you do it since you're a kid, so you do it over time. You figure out where the shit is. I don't know. You're gonna be fine if we're lost in the woods. You're just gonna be eating snakes. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I haven't tried. They got them yet. some white meat on them. <laughs> but like, that's another thing. Like, there's only so much, uh, so many animals to go around with the amount of humans. Like on this planet it's not like everyone can go out and hunt a deer if everyone yeah, decided to go kill a deer the woods it's just going to be overpopulated with humans and all the deer are going to get eaten up the same way the fucking buffalo did you know that's why there was no buffalo once yeah. the evil white man started hunting all the buffalo across and they didn't know their migration patterns and they just started killing all the buffaloes across the midwest and stuff yeah that would happen to every species of animal yeah, if pretty much. Every, if ev- everybody went out to the woods, you would eat out all the deer first, and then you'd be eating out all the possums, and then all the skunks, and all Turtles the Turtles, and the crows. 
all the birds, all the the grouse and pheasants. And That's fowl. not likely to happen. You know what? Like, uh, it's scary to think because, like, let's let's say it's a EMP attack. So, like, all the all the power goes out all over the world, never comes back on. That's probably the scariest event you could possibly face. But like, people are just gonna go ravenous. Like, it'd be amazing to see how quickly people turn primal in a violent way. Like, people realize the only way they're gonna survive is if they start killing other people, killing their neighbors, because there's not enough food to go around. That's a little. That's a little sadistic. You can go right to fucking murdering people. But I, how I long though? <laughs> wanting to get a away from people like one like uh like yeah there's too many people in that forest i'm gonna keep moving yeah but a forest isn't an example let's say you're in a city you live in an apartment building next like you're not you, you can't hunt just the squirrels in the park like you can scramble together with your neighbors and just put as much food together but after a while you're gonna realize like there's not enough food to keep going like we have to keep scavenging and looking for more food as long as there's people around protecting that food, you're not going to get it. So people are going to realize, yeah. I don't know, I think there's going to be some pretty crazy people who figure that out way too early. Oh, yeah, there are fucking so many crazy people. Pe- humans are, that we're doomed because of fucking humans that think that way. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's unfortunate, like, uh, you know, crazy sociopathic people like that. You know, they might yeah. be the initial ones to survive because they don't have any qualm with just killing families to take their food and stuff. But you know, they're not going to last because they're not—they're not part of a tribe. They won't—they don't get along with people. Like they're not going to live, even if they do survive. There's no point to it. They're just going to be by themselves. And like we're talking solely about like carnivores and meat eaters like the vegans and the vegetarians they're gonna have it easy you know or like a little easier because at least they know they can grow their food and they can just sit to like but again not everyone i think i think you just see more people just going vegan yeah just you just they'll have to go out to just soccer fields and just start eating the grass and the weeds (laughs) yeah eating what you can like but that's the thing about growing food every time you grow a new food you get the seeds to grow more so you should be able to keep fucking doing it yeah, if the if the earth allows you to, if the your your uh, you're you're say, you're saying that the earth is going to heat up and not allow us to. Yeah, like well, if it's an EMT, uh, at least that doesn't affect the nature around you. So that's your best case scenario of actually being able to grow things. If it's in a case of like a, a super volcano or some kind of uh, impact on Earth or nuclear event that would knock up enough dust and ash and stuff into the sky to block out the sun. You're not growing shit, <laughs> unless you got underground sources of like with greenhouses and stuff. Right. So it all depends on the situation, but yeah, and it comes back to water too. Like all the taps are gonna turn off. Like you're gonna, the the fight for water is probably gonna be bigger than food. Yeah, and then you're gonna have to find fresh water. Good thing about fresh water is you'll probably find fish. There's some food there. Yeah, like it's it's gonna be gradual. I think it's not gonna be all at once, but it, it could be all at once. You're gonna go down to a riverside, and it's just gonna be people trying to catch fish to gather water everywhere. Yeah, if it happens to everybody, so yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. Well, you got you just gotta hope the population drops off big time, which sounds horrible. But you know, if you're living in that kind of world, you can't have all those people around. Yeah. The population will drop off naturally. People are going to get sick and die yeah, that, from not not eating, <laughs> from starving. Starvation's going to yeah, kick in. And sickness and just 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 nature will take over again. Yeah, is essentially what's going to happen. So unless you can live to be one with nature and learn how to really just meditate and be in nature and learn what bugs to eat, <laughs> just meditate and eat bugs. That's all you need to survive. That's my plan, man. I'm just going to meditate and eat bugs. Yeah, like, uh, we'll pro- yeah. I don't know if I'd stay up here. Winter, winter sounds brutal in a post-apocalyptic world. Like, yeah, but so does the it, desert. Yeah, the desert sounds, but you can just go down to Florida. Actually, that sounds the most terrifying. That's probably the, the last that's place. Where you're, that's where you're most likely to get your fucking head chewed off by some meth freak. Yeah, and that's 
That's probably before the apocalypse happens, too. Also, yeah, if we run out of food, people are just going to do all the drugs that they have. So all the meth heads are just going to be doing all their meth and have (laughs) no fucking food and start eating faces. All right. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe everyone needs to take drugs. You know, that'll, you know what, let's, let's lead that into our kind of main topic tonight. I was humming and hawing whether to make, make this a, a, a topic because the more and more research I did on it, the more confused I got. But, you know, I just keep keep hearing it in the news. I keep hearing people talk about it. And that's the Great Reset. Do you know what the uh, Great Reset is, Tyler? I, I had no idea what the Great Reset was. They were basically he- going to unplug society. I had a feeling. I didn't think. I didn't think it was a big red button. Uh, they're just they're like a little fucking thing that you got to like stick a pen in and reset the planet. That's what it is. In, in a sense, um, in a sense, I guess that's what. They but I didn't know what it was, so I looked it up. Yeah. And this is what I found. This is the first thing that I, I'm going to read to you. What I found when I googled it, and I went to their website. I think it was called thegreatreset.com. Yep. And the website said, there is an urgent need for global stakeholders to cooperate in a simultaneously managing the direct consequences of the COVID-19 crisis to improve the state of the world. The World Economic Forum is starting the Great Reset Initiative. Okay. That's that's what I read, too. (laughs) I went to the Great... it sounds to me like a bunch of bullshit. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds to me like what they're trying to say, that this is like some sort of planned economic failure um, in order to control the population to a point where um, people don't have money, people don't have... I don't know. What is it? You explain it to me because I'm... <laughs> I'm the dumb People one. That's kind of that's kind of the shtick for this podcast. Is you're the educated one. I'm the dumb one. We're both a little dumb. We're both a little paranoid. You you read more. You uh, it's about more like it. a dumb and dumber situation. But uh, <laughs> what what is it in your mind? Because from that, all I all I read there is a bunch of fucking buzzwords, and it's gonna just be a. Uh, you know, yeah. oh, they're planning it, and COVID-19, they're going to use that as a scapegoat. Yeah, they think that's what kicked it all off, and that's why there's conspiracies saying that it's like it's all planned. It's the pandemic because they've been planning this all along, which, uh, you know, it's creepy because this, this does line up in some conspiracy circles as things they have predicted that were going to happen. These things were predicted, like, years ago that it would play out like this. So the fact that it is playing out like this is kind of suspicious but yeah as far as a great reset goes um you go to their website and it is just buzzwords buzzwords exciting photos pictures none of it really explains what it is they're just trying to reshape the world to help take care of the planet and basically you know i think they're trying to do some kind of robin hood shit here you know i think it's yeah like it sounds like they're trying to to disguise something evil by saying it's an initiative or it's a uh, you know a corporate or a cooperation with intelligence and those are all just fucking buzzwords they don't mean anything is it lizard people it's probably just fucking lizard people planning <laughs> it all isn't it yeah well this all links up with the the one world government this is that's exactly what people think. You mean the New World Order? The New World Order. Is that what... Sorry, that's that's exactly what I meant. But, you know, there's different there's different sects of the New World Order of what they think's happening. Some people think it's the Freemasons. Some people think it's the Illuminati. Uh, it's all the fucking same. But what they're all saying is that it's some unseen hand controlling all of this and is essentially finding a way to gain control over... All of, or at least the majority of the world, at least the strongest nations. And to do what? Are is, like, is, like, what's their big fucking plan? Oh, we, we control everybody. We have all, like, I get, like, the economic stance of it is, like, crush all the businesses and make all the money go to one place. Yeah, they, they just want a more cooperative, you know, they, they're pitching it as, you know, we just need these countries to cooperate and actually do something to to help climate change and stop all these major industries from just getting super rich all these like major clashes and in, in, in classes 
you know. To stop it or to gain it? Like, no, it's not, not, like, no, I don't think I they're was, trying to gain I thought, I thought the New World Order was trying to, like, gain all the money, have all the money go to one place, control all the nations. I all think the that's nations. the idea it, when people think it's the world banks that are really trying to put everything together yeah. and become more powerful. Because it's not like they're after money. They have all the money they could have in the world. It's all about power. Yeah, it's ran by billionaire lizard people, right? Yeah, you, you get rich enough to a certain point. It, money's not a thing anymore. It's about power. And having this one entity have c- full control over the world is the ultimate high. That's what That's what you want. That's what these... <laughs> But it's once. not like it's not like a no borders, no boundaries type thing. It is we control the entire world, so we can tell every nation what to do. We can control their militaries. We can control their spaceships. Because you know, once they get the fucking our world, they're gonna go for the solar system, right? Yeah. Well, like like they they like they keep pushing the positive swing of we need to take care of our planet. We need to start making all these big corporations accountable for what they've done to the planet through pollution and extracting minerals and fossil fuels and how we're going to convert ourselves to a greener future. And the one thing that uh, the Great Reset states is that during this corona, uh, during this pandemic is they they had a drop in 7% in air in like pollution. So like the air quality was much better. And 7%, I think it's 7.8% is what we're needed each year for, like, the next 20 years to actually meet our goals of, like, like coming back to, a, like, a more stable climate level, you know. So that's okay. why I'm saying, like, hey, we, we took control of our, like, economy and our government. We locked people down. And look what happened. It was good for our environment. So maybe we should do it more often is <laughs> they don't say that, but, like, that's the feeling there that it kind of comes when I read it. Like, you know, we did such a great job when we sh- made everyone stay home and cut down traffic and all this and that. It's like maybe we can find ways within the government to do this more regularly and have ways to regulate, like, who's staying home and who's not, which, which falls right into the scary new world order of just having control over everyone's lives. Yeah. So, yeah, like, it starts off like you're trying to say something good there. Like, they want to fix the climate control and, you know, staying inside and not driving our big cars every day. And I bet they do. It's going to do that. So that's, like, the nice pretty side of it. But then it's, like, it slides really quickly into we're going to control you and tell you that you can't leave your house and keep you in a box and, you know, um, fucking 1984 Orson Welles' this shit. Well, you know what? Maybe that's the case. Maybe that's, you know, as bad as it sounds. <laughs> like, maybe this is what humanity needs. We need things taken away from us. We need, like, because we, we, we've just, yeah, humanity's just gone out of control as far as, like, what we can do. Like, the if you want to just hop in your SUV and you fill that thing full of gas and you just, just drive around, you get fast food all day, you can just keep that truck running as long as you want like you uh just keep throwing plastic bottles out the window because you can because you can (laughs) i meant uh i meant 1984 george orwell i said orson welles because i watched a documentary on orson welles the other day who was also a fucking sweet filmmaker yeah um crazy guy but oh yeah we're already in 1984 knock knock on your front door Dead Kennedy's lyrics there. <laughs> I'm a Dead Kennedy shirt right now, Brandon. Creepy. Yeah, funny you bring that up. But uh, no, I think um, it's hard to say what's going on. Our, uh, you know, I think it's a good thing. Even if they do... Do you think like, it's a good thing? you think a New World Order is a good thing? A one-world um, fucking government? Fucking Donald Rumsfeld in his fucking lizard suit coming to suck on your fucking tits? You want that? Well, those dudes are those guys are in the past. Those guys are getting out. There's there's way more evil, evil people coming in, but it's necessary evil, I think. These are necessary the, evil. These are the green dictators I've been talking about. They need to put a stamp down on all this shit we're doing. Stop selling bottled water. 
shut but down. But I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to fucking, they're going to make it like you pick up your box of rations from the center of the road and then you go back in your house and you can't come out. And if you do come out, it's to be part of their military to fucking court anyone else who's against them back into their fucking order, you know, put locks on all the fucking doors. Yeah, what's the problem with that? A lot of things. <laughs> You think we'd be able to have this this uh, pirate radio show we have right now? If they'd be shutting this shit down. But think how exciting pull, uh, it would be to do it. Like Just, we are we are currently in the wild west of the fucking internet. These are the beginning stages. We're in the first fifteen years of this fucking bullshit. They're gonna start taking this away slowly and slowly. They're not gonna let us connect with people around the world to say good things to each other because they that would take away from their control. Yeah. Like they're all, yeah, they already they talk about how poisonous uh, social media can be, and at the same oh, time, but also like, how good it is to get people like-minded people together, and that's the problem you're seeing about all the fucking the right wing and the left wing fucking extremists and the right wing extremists. They can all get together online and hide behind their keyboards and suck each other's dicks and fucking get mad about barbecue sauce. Hey. I'm saying, you know, give give people rations. Give give them the give them the sustenance they need. You know, the way we're running the world now is pretty shit. And we're You're a communist, Brandon. You're a oh, communist. I'm more than a communist. I'm a hippie extremist. That's what I am. I'm just saying, you 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 lock everyone up. You don't let us buy plastic things. Make us carry the utility belt full of cups and utensils because we're not allowed to take cups or straws from restaurants anymore. I agree with that, like, a little bit, but it's got to be from a place of, like, less barbed-wired fences, you know? You don't have to have barbed-wired fences. You know They're going to have barbed-wired fences. You know what I think will help guide this great reset into uh, somewhere where it's positive and it works? If, if they also do a great reset for every person on Earth. And by that, I mean give everybody mushrooms. That I agree with. Yeah, that's the, that's the great reset I'm behind. You know, yeah, because that, that is a personal reset every yeah. time you you do a crazy trip or yeah. something. Yeah, so you need I think to, a personal reset for every single person is needed. Hey, could be could be ayahuasca, anything. Anyway, any of these things that will help you break out of your normal habits and way of life and be able to accept something new. And I think a lot of the just pumping people full of psychedelics might be the the great reset we actually need which like it should be like a rite of passage right which is what it used to be in shamanistic fucking rituals is like you turn let's say 25 and then you go see the shaman and you have a weekend long mushroom trip ceremony and you have your own personal great reset and then you do that every you know five ten years after that to just keep your head on straight in this crazy world yeah do it that way don't fucking barbed wire the fences and put rations in the middle <laughs> of the road that'll be just uh fences made of flowers but there'll still be fences that's what we do as humans we like to put things inside of fucking fences we do it with sheep and cattle and anything else we want to control that so that's what i mean they're gonna do it to you too brandon you're not special that's fine. You know, if they think, you know, I think uh, it's a little far gone for saving this climate disaster that's slowly approaching closer and closer every day. I think uh, I think it's too late. I think it was too late, like, decades ago. I think we've already set off uh, a chain reaction that's irreversible. And then this whole wonderful idea of, like, oh, but now we're going to change. We're going to... We know the science is in now, but we're going to change right now. It's like, yeah, you could have done it 30, 40 years ago, and it actually might have made an impact. Um, but this whole just great reset, we're going to do it just like in a flick of a switch. Because like, that's how everything functions. Now, everyone expects everything to happen just instantaneously because everything in their life happens instantaneously, right? Right. So they just expect this change just to, you know, oh, by next year, everything's going to be different. And that's the way they're projecting this whole Great Reset thing, too. It's just like, you know, this change needs to happen now. Like, it's happening tomorrow. Start today. Like, they're, those are the buzzwords they're trying to reach. I know. People, people, are a little, uh, people are a little naive to the fact that they're like, 2020 has been a rough year, but fuck, it's December. 2021's coming, you know, and that, you know, New Year's Day, that's like a reset for everyone, and it's not. Nothing's going to change. It's 
you know, yeah. this virus. So how does this tie into the fucking virus? You're saying that they you that they're saying that they use this virus. The virus was planned, or the virus was put in place to to just give that last push that this great reset needs. We needed a virus to scare everybody. That sounds like so so much malarkey in that. Because like, like it's like, this, they didn't come up with this great reset during the pandemic. This was this was something proposed by Prince Charles. Back in like 2015 or 2017, I don't have the number in front of me, but he's the one who initially brought it up and had other people interested in talking about it. But the like, fact that we have princes is still is fucking retarded. <laughs> it's fucking so dumb. Yeah, that was the, the most shocking thing. I'm like Prince Charles. I'm like that goofy guy. And then there was that uh, uh, what, event that like uh, it was hosted by what's his name, the Microsoft guy. Billy Gates? <laughs> Bill Gates. Billy Gates. He held a party. And it, well, he, he, he held that event, which was like was a, really was reported on early party? on in the pandemic. That was all about how the world and society would deal with some kind of pandemic like we're facing today. And this is like an event happened about two years ago. Uh, he was chattering about that like, yeah, five years ago. He was. Yeah. So like they already had these proposed ideas of what what was going to take place and how the world would react to this. So the fact that they, they're coming out with this is no no real big surprise. But, you know, the big conspiracy is that, you know, they let this pandemic happen just so they can get this extra push to get things going. I don't think anyone let this happen. It happened. Yeah, if, if anything, it if, no if it was caused by one reason. Yeah, I don't think it was for that reason. But that's just my opinion too. Like it, they, they, it could have been totally planned and totally just fucking pushed out to drive vaccines and to drive some great reset too. That might be the case. But like, if, I think there's other ways to do it. Yeah, it's it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to face. No matter what we decide to do as humanity, it's it's not going to be good. It's all going to be change is not going to come easy. That's for sure. And everyone's not going to be happy with whatever decision is made. But, like, I think whatever these world leaders decide on doing, I think they need to change the mindset of, like, instead of just thinking about right now and what's important now is they need to think about the future. And, like, that's not something new that I just said there. Like, everyone says that. Like, what about our future? Why aren't we thinking about our future? It's because most of the leaders and shit and people now that are yeah, corrupt, are they only, they're only thinking about the right now and what they're gaining, both in wealth and power. What what happens yeah. after they're dead? It's no big deal. Yes, and I and I totally agree with um, you know getting rid of politicians and getting rid of world leaders and coming to an agreement of what would be beneficial for the entire planet. I think that is important. What would be beneficial for the polar ice caps that are melting and for the plastic bottles that are in the water and all that shit. But I don't think uh, you need to control the people of the world in order to do that. I think you just need to have set guidelines that are the same throughout every country. <laughs> they already do that, Tyler. Green bins. <laughs> put, put your compost <laughs> yeah, not in just the green fucking bin. Recycling put your recycling bins, in like... the blue bin. You think people are just going to listen to that? You can, they're going to hear a bunch of new rules of what they have to do? To, you think everyone's just going well, to be Well, you have to strip greed away from it first. Oh, yeah. But you're going to get... There's always going to be people against it if you give them the option. Yeah, there, well, there's two sides to every fucking coin. You see it right now, so, you know? So that's why it should not be some human enterprise that takes over the world in this way and controls us, even if it is for benefits. It shouldn't be humans that do it. I, like I said in the last episode, it should be aliens that do this. It, it should be an alien enterprise. Because, like, say, it's, like, totally non-biased. Like, us. they're not even in the human race. They're in a whole different civilization. We can't get mad at them. Well, I think the fact the fact that we haven't blown ourselves up yet is proof enough that aliens are probably looking out for us, and hopefully they can look out for us with this uh, climate control shit and be like, "Hey, we got to freeze up those ice caps. Maybe they could just come down and just freeze things up again." Yeah, we'll see, we'll see what they can do. But you know what? I don't know if our guest is coming on today, but uh, I did save oh. an alien story. If you'd like to uh, 
wrap up our yeah. podcast with a classic I alien. Can, I think we can wrap up and uh, get into an alien story. Um, we are we are planning on guests. I'm sure something just came up. But yep. uh, we do have some great guests lined up in the future. And going into the new year, you're going to see some funny comedians and filmmakers and hopefully some alien researchers and some cryptozoologists and some other weirdos. Brandon's yeah. got a whole list of nutty people to get on the show and hopefully we can get them on the show is <laughs> yeah and like i haven't even like told you yet i've i've already started on my my trek to find a good group to do ce5 with like like we talked about in the last podcast what is ce5 again bringing it up we, we go out and meditate in a rural area to communicate with aliens in our We're upper atmosphere to you, come you and I, you and i are gonna do it we're gonna film it yeah but I found there's all kinds of groups on Facebook, and they're hilarious. So I want to get into that more on the next episode, too, of just what I've been finding on these Facebook groups. Uh, so, yeah. Maybe they'll let us join. But uh, Big th- big things planned for... Because uh, 2020 was a year for We're Doomed. Oh, my God. Really I can't wait really to go through our... Yeah, we're going to do a great highlight episode and just all the great things that happened in 2020. <laughs> we'll just kind of go through it all what the year was like that we we'll do that near the end of the year because i think we're coming up on like uh come january it'll be our anniversary i think january 16th yeah totally let's get to the alien a bunch of weird looking extraterrestrials taking people in tail flying saucer they do bad things today wrestlers then take them home again Yes, now, the way I've been doing it before, I just flip to a random page of the field guide to extraterrestrials, and I talk about one of the aliens. But uh, I find the guy who wrote this book very hard to understand, like, the way he writes these stories. So I just had to grab a random one and rewrite it before the podcast. So we'll just get into it. And this one is a doozy. This one, we're going to have fun with this one. There's a lot going on here. So... This happened in 1974, Rollins, Wyoming. It's, uh, the alien was under a humanoid category, and his distinguishing features was a lack of hands. <laughs> he had no hands? That's, yeah, that's the, his most distinguishing feature. But he had a lot of weird you, disti- getting distinguishing a, getting features. Getting a bad buzzsaw accident? Yeah. Here, I'll, I'll see if I can hold up. I'll find the picture. I'll hold it up for you. I'll show you this guy. Yeah, let He's me pr- see this stub. He looks like a, a character in some, like, 80s movie, 80s sci-fi movie. Can you see? Oh, yeah, he does kind of look. He looks like kind of the, uh, he looks like the little Martian from the Jetsons, almost, with no hands. Yeah. Little, uh, meep, meep mop, beep bop, meep mop. What but he's got some, like, Martian's name? but he looks kind of badass, though. He's got, like, an awesome belt and, like, a... you see, he looks like he could be in the movie Total Recall, like, in the Mars. He looks, looks like a Martian. Yeah, it looks like someone you'd run into at the Star Wars bar. Yeah, totally. Um, anyways, uh, our witness, Carl Higdon of Rollins, Wyoming. He's, uh, he's an oil driller. He's in his early 40s. Uh, and he's an elk hunter. Uh, he's hunting elk out in Medicine Bow National Forest. Now, he spotted a nice herd of elk, so he got out his rifle and took aim at a nice bull. But the when great he's- gazoo. He looks like the great gazoo. The great ga- who's the great gazoo? It's the Martian from the Jetsons. Oh. Anyways, you, back to the story. I interrupt. I'm trying to picture that guy, but nah, I can kind of. The little green. He's got a green helmet, like little fucking. Wasn't that the guy that floated around Fred Flintstone too? Yeah, yeah. He's Remember when Flintstone. Fred Flintstone became schizophrenic and he was seeing a little green man floating around him? Right. It was the Flintstones. Uh, anyway. Anyways, he looks like that guy with no hands. <laughs> That's the alien, not 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 Carl. Carl's our oil driller. Carl's just right. your your classic blue collared hunter, outdoorsman, oh, tough guy. Anyway, so he, he takes aim at this bull elk and this big group of elk, and he takes a shot, but his bullet comes to a stop about 50 feet in front of him and falls to the ground as if he hit some kind of invisible wall. Next thing you know, he heard a, a twig snap behind him. So when he turns to see, he see he can see a man standing there. But as the man got closer, he noticed he didn't look quite right. So first of all, as the man walked over, he was bow-legged. So have you ever seen someone who's bow-legged? I'm bow-legged. You're, you're not that bow-legged. Like, 
Some people my look knees, ba- My knees go the opposite way of my ankles. Yeah, but not in a huge... I've seen way worse bow-legged people than you. Like, people that you look like w- they just rode watch, a horse. Watch me run 100 meters. <laughs> I, okay. Can you, get good, <laughs> can you get good speed as a bow-legged? Like, uh, like your legs look like a bow and arrow, right? Like yeah, they, like I said, like you have it, but some people have it much worse than you do. But this guy had a bad. It's getting worse. The older I get, it's getting worse. Wait till I'm 65. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be bowed. All right, so this, this alien, he's, he's, uh, he's bow-legged. He's about six feet tall. He wore a tight-fitting black suit with black boots. And he wore a cross belt across his chest, you know, like you know, like they do in the movies with like the ammo belt across their chest. So he had that, yeah, he had that going on. Didn't wasn't didn't have ammo on it, but but he also had a, a big old belt with a star on it, like he's like a, a champion wrestler or something. Uh, his face was nearly human, but was sloped and without a chin. I've seen people that look like that too. Doesn't mean they're aliens. <laughs> so he had he had very thinning hair that stuck straight out. So as if he was grabbing some kind of static electricity. And he had two rods, like two antennas sticking out of his head as well. So this guy is definitely an alien out of an 80s movie for sure. But then his most distinguishing feature, he had no hands. (laughs) All that was seen was a stump on his left hand and a drill-like device on his right. That's the cool thing. He had like a drill, like, like a Captain Hook fucking drill put into his one stub but just no hand on the on the other side yeah like what's that for what's this guy getting done (laughs) but anyways this bizarre creature walks over and introduces himself in plain english as it's a-u-s-s-o auzo let's call him auzo and right off the bat he offers carl four strange pills and he tells him that these pills will satisfy your hunger for up to four days so, Uzo insisted that Carl took the pill, so Carl, without hesitation, just 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 dry-heaved it back, without even having a glass of water. So, I don't know where this guy's from, but taking pills from strangers, that's kind of... You're not supposed to do that. Yeah. No. Especially- you can't. You can't. If you've been to any nightclub... Yeah. No taking pill. No taking pills from strangers. Learned that early on in life. Yeah. I, you gotta at least trust the person. That's the first thing out of this alien's mouth is here. Take these. Pills. Oh, your your friends. Then is where we going up or down? Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this weirdo comes up. He's like, eat this pill. You won't be hungry for four days. It'll sustain you. It's like, why? Why do I need that? Is it? Are you a salesman for this? But no, he just said take it, and he obliged. <laughs> and as soon as he was done eating, he said, "Okay, Carl, can you come away with me?" Carl obliged. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he lifted his drill arm, which I don't think was a drill, because suddenly they were transported to a clear cubicle. Like, they're inside a clear box. And Carl was also strapped to a chair, wearing a helmet. And then there's other weird dudes that look like Uzo all around him at controls and stuff, somehow controlling the cube. And then behind him was the elk that he was trying to hunt. Like, they were, like, sedated in, like, a big pile <laughs> Just like oh, wow. in a cage. So they just took everything in this area, right? They took him, they took the elk. Which is kind of a weird choice. So they just take every living creature and figure out which is the best one. Um. Anyways, they... Uh, w- without a... With a flick of the Uzo's arm, his drill arm, the cube takes off at like, huge speed and Carl watches the earth recede below him. And w- within moments, they arrive at a dark planet that he says is 163,000 light years away. So, this cube just zaps him there through some kind of portal. Now, as they come to a landing, Carl sees a great tower of light that kind of looks like a futuristic lighthouse. And uh, he's taken out to this big plaza area. So, I don't know. When I picture a plaza, I picture a strip mall. <laughs> so, yeah. So I don't know if he's getting he is taken out to the strip mall in front of the Maybe dollar store. A, a right? blockbuster and a shawarma place. Yeah. <laughs> and there he meets he, five other humans. It's like two teenage girls, two teenage boys, and an elderly man. Uh, they're all they're all just as confused as he is. So, anyways, Uzo comes up again, moves his magic arm, and suddenly Carl finds himself strapped to a table inside the tower, undergoing some kind of examination. So, there you go, your classic aliens, 
pinning pinning you to a table, shoving things up your butt. Yep, that's what D- they do. You know, it doesn't really say what happened to Carl, but at the end of the, the examination, Uzo came out and told him Carl was not what they were looking for, and they handed his rifle back to him and took his hunger pills away. So he wasn't he wasn't up to to their chops. I don't know what Carl had going for him that they didn't like, but uh, maybe that was a good thing. Who knows what they were looking for? Obviously not hands. <laughs> yeah. See, see, see. Seems like you got two hands there. We're not looking for that. No, we don't want you too handsy, Carl. Yeah. Maybe they need hands. <laughs> he just didn't have the right hands. They're just <laughs> they're, they're too used up working in the oil any, fields. Yeah, it's calloused. Too calloused, Carl. But how they does that soft, feel? Like soft hands. You, you, you're suddenly you're hunting one moment, and then you're brought to this incredible city in this planet, hundreds of light years away, and you go through this incredible examination with your new buddy Uzo, and next thing you know, he's like, "Sorry, man, you're not what we're looking for. <laughs> we're gonna send you home." Like I feel kind of defeated. You like you go all that way. Oh man, that you you've been through that before. You've had job interviews or casting calls you've gone to where it's like yeah. you you make it through the first couple rounds of the interview and then you just don't get the job because you don't get the gig. That happens. Yeah, that would be like you know you're thinking you're getting an amazing job at Google. You go to the Google headquarters and they're just amazing, right? There's like slides and rock climbing walls and just sushi and and you, you just don't get the job. It's they just don't get the gig, man. It happens. We've all been there. So Carl didn't have the right hands for this no. job, and these aliens were looking for hands. They took him back to Wyoming. Um, they did their best to bring him back to where he was, but they're off. They dropped him off at this rocky outcrop, and basically, when he came to, he, he stood up and it just fell off this short cliff and injured himself. <laughs> it's like <laughs> <laughs> twisted his ankle after all of that. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't drop him off in the in the field that he was in before. Wow. Anyways, he had he, eventually some other hunters found them walking around dazed and confused, and they brought him to the hospital where he started retelling this story. So, I don't know if Carl was abducted by aliens or he just fell off a cliff and hit his head. Sounds like he was abducted by aliens without hands. Yeah, but like, goddamn! Like most aliens will like take you up to their ship, do what they need to do take you back but these this guy was taken right to their planet you know going through the some weird casting process with some other humans like yeah maybe they're making some movie and they were casting like there's humans in the movie and she he just didn't get the part he just didn't get the part and then the aliens they were kind of sloppy with uh, their return they just dropped him off on a cliff <laughs> maybe that was a t- maybe that was intentional they're like you know what we need a good alibi here if this guy fucking falls six feet and bumps his head no one's gonna yeah. believe him no they're just you know they're abducting people all day they can't always remember where they picked him up somewhere in Wyoming alright well, Carl if you're still out there I believe you I believe him. Sounds like a fair story to me, Carl. All right. Well, that that was fun. Um, we're gonna do this again next week, as we do every week. If you're if you're a bit, if you're a listener of our show, be sure to leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you can. Just let us know how we're doing. Yep. Follow us on the the Facebook. There's always new articles going up there throughout the week of shit we're gonna talk about, shit that scares the hell out of us, and and funny stuff too, like. Uh, you know, pan flutes and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, thanks, uh, thanks for talking, Brandon. Yeah. It was a good episode. Always We're looking doomed. forward to talking. We're doomed. <laughs>